Hello, and welcome to episode 138 of The Modern Manager. I'm your host, Mamie Canfor-Stewart. I am very excited to share that I am launching a new intensive program, and I want your help designing it. So if you are looking to take your managerial capabilities to a whole new level in 2021, I would love to work with you in a high-touch, personalized way. And because I want to give each person dedicated time and attention, I need to limit the number of participants. So if you are even thinking remotely that this might be the right program for you, please go to themodernmanager.com and pre-register. All you are actually doing is one, securing your spot so that if you decide later on, once the program is designed, that this is the right thing for you, you get to in fact participate. And number two, answering a few brief questions about what would be most valuable to you in terms of content and format. This way, I can be sure that I create a program that will focus on your biggest needs. Again, the website is themodernmanager.com and you get to save your seat and share your thoughts on the program design. Now, today's episode is about accountability. For many companies, accountability used to be based on FaceTime. Did I see you in the office? Were you sitting at your desk working? But with the shift to remote work, more and more managers are struggling to figure out how to manage accountability. But the reality is that FaceTime or hours in front of a screen were never really good indicators for accountability. Sure, they were easy to see, and you could argue that it was a decent proxy for work, But just because someone is clicky-clacking, typing away, doesn't actually mean that they are doing the right work. So today, I'm going to talk about the four areas of accountability that you want to manage for and how to approach each one. So let's get to it. You're listening to The Modern Manager, a podcast dedicated to helping you be a rock star boss with a thriving team. Whether you're looking to upgrade your meetings, cultivate your team, or grow as a leader, this podcast is for you. Now here's your host, Mamie Canfer-Stewart. What comes to mind when you think about holding people accountable? My guess is that you are thinking about goals or deadlines or something like that. And those are absolutely part of it. But for this episode, I want to pull up and think about accountability across four domains. Results, responsibilities, behavior, and growth. So let's talk through these. Accountability for results is the first one. This is what most people think of when they think about performance. Did you achieve the results you set out to accomplish? What gets tricky about accountability for results is that we aren't always in control of those results. It depends on whether you're looking at outputs or outcomes. And if you listen to episode 112, how to use impact output and process goals, this concept may be familiar to you. Think of outputs like the completion of a project whereas outcomes are the impact of that project. This is the difference between a goal of hosting five convenings and a goal of repositioning ourselves as an expert in the field. We could absolutely host those five convenings and check off our goal, but still not be recognized as an expert. Or another example would be talking to 100 potential customers versus securing $200,000 in new revenue. In both cases, you're looking at whether the goal was accomplished, but those goals are very different. So be sure that you're distinguishing between holding the person accountable for completing the activity versus realizing the impact. The second type of accountability is for responsibilities. Did you manage the activities that you are responsible for as part of your role? Unlike results, which are aligned with goals, responsibilities are focused on recurring activities that are just part of the job. 
And the reason that I bring this up is because many times we write goals only for the big, new, exciting stuff that we're working on and not the day-to-day activities that we need to do to keep the ship afloat. Some of your responsibilities as a manager would fall into this category, say growing and developing your team members, for example. That is a responsibility that you own as a manager, and you probably don't have a goal around it. But that doesn't mean that you shouldn't be held accountable for still doing that responsibility. So maybe you translate that into holding monthly one-on-ones. I have heard many, many, many people complain that their boss will cancel their one-on-ones because there's just not enough time in the day and there are other priorities. But if you knew that your boss was going to hold you accountable for stewarding your team members as part of your responsibilities, and one of the ways that they were going to do that would be looking at whether or not you had your regular one-on-ones with your colleagues, you might think twice before canceling those. Another example might be responding to customer help inquiries. Sure, you could set a goal around decreasing response time or increasing customer satisfaction, but what about just managing the daily replies? This is one of those activities that your team member may be responsible for, even though they are not being measured on the outcome, like whether those customers were satisfied with their experience or how fast the tickets got resolved. It's just one of the many responsibilities that this person has as part of their role. So as their boss, you need to make sure that your team members are adequately managing the activities or the responsibilities within their domain in addition to accomplishing their goals. The third area of accountability is for behavior. This is about how work gets done and how someone shows up every day and interacts with their colleagues. Are they living the company or team values, being a professional and a good teammate? Are they meeting deadlines and are processes being followed appropriately? This is where we look not just at what is being done, but how the person is managing themselves, interacting with their colleagues, and doing the work. Too often, we let bad behavior go because the person is such a star at delivering results, and we are only focused on managing accountability for results. But if we don't hold people accountable for their general behavior, we're actually ignoring the impact they have on us as their manager and all of the rest of the team. It's all good and well to say that we want to be a team where all people are respected, But if you don't translate that into the lived experience, things like if you allow a team member to regularly interrupt their colleagues in meetings, you're actually not fostering a respectful environment. And the person who's doing all that interruption needs to know that that behavior is not acceptable. Last, we have accountability for growth or development. In this case, we're elevating the importance of learning and developing people. We all like to grow. It is part of what motivates us as people. But if you stop at the point of only identifying a growth area like time management or presentation skills, we haven't done our job as a manager. We can show that we are serious about growth by holding people accountable for developing in those areas that are most important for them in their current role and for advancing their career. This usually involves co-creating a development plan for how they're going to go about doing the learning and practicing of their new skill or knowledge area and checking in on progress, which could be as simple as reflecting on the changes that you or they have noticed since they've begun working on this area. I want to be clear that holding people accountable is not about punishing them for doing something wrong or missing the mark. It is not a power play where you are in charge and you've set the rules and they have to comply. This is about creating a natural loop of expectations and reinforcement. If we don't set expectations, we can't hold someone accountable. And if we set expectations but never follow up, We're basically saying that we don't take those expectations seriously. We need to close the loop to both celebrate and reinforce when the person has lived up to that commitment and investigate what went wrong when they didn't. 
And again, it's not about blame or punishment. It's about figuring out how the person can do better going forward. The conversation for accountability will vary slightly based on the type of accountability that you're addressing. But in short, they all start with being clear about what the expectation is and what you both are agreeing to. There's almost nothing worse than being told after the fact that you were being measured on something that you weren't aware of. So we need to be super explicit because what may seem obvious to us may not be so obvious to someone else. And you also don't need to set these expectations alone. It's even better when it's a collaborative process where they come up with the goals or a list of responsibilities and you enhance them, or you work together from the start or work with your whole team on something like shared behaviors and norms. As long as both parties understand the expectations and agree to them, you are starting off on the right foot. Now, once you're both aligned on those expectations, you can have check-ins where you assess whether those expectations are being met. And this should happen both in real time when you notice something that's working or you notice something that's not, and at regularly scheduled check-ins or one-on-ones. If those expectations are being met, then celebrate and offer praise. Even for small things, it can feel good that someone's noticing. And then if you see that someone's falling short, you can investigate what went wrong. Now, notice that I used the word investigate. There are many reasons why we miss the mark. So before making assumptions, we must enter the conversation with a sense of curiosity. Saying things like, hey, I thought we agreed to X, but that doesn't seem to be what happened. Help me understand why the disconnect. Or I was expecting your report by the end of day Friday, but it's now midday Monday. What's going on that it's so late? Or I noticed you were really quiet in that meeting, even though we discussed you speaking up more. I'm wondering what's keeping you from engaging. First off, for those of us who would rather avoid confrontation and conflict, this can immediately make the conversation more palatable and less scary. I personally have found this immensely transformative. I used to worry before these types of conversations and my self-talk would sound something like, oh no, someone did something wrong and now I have to go and tell them they did it wrong, which means that they're going to get defensive and I'm going to upset them or I'm going to hurt their feelings and this is just going to be awful. But with this slight shift of mindset to, oh, Something didn't go as I expected. I wonder why. I wonder if there's something I can do to help it go better next time. Let me go talk to the person and learn more and see if I can help. It's just a totally different emotional state and mindset. Now, when you begin that conversation with a calmness and a sense of true curiosity, it immediately reduces the tension because you've opened the door for a conversation. You are allowing the person to share their side of the story without judgment. It is in here that you want to uncover the root cause because the solution will only be effective if it addresses the true problem. And those problems could range from a person's skill or capability to their capacity or the resources available. It could be a lack of motivation or fear or a change of context or a shift in a situation. It could be a misunderstanding or a lack of awareness or a problem with the process or almost anything else. So getting clear on the root cause will allow you to work together with them to find the solution that will reduce the chances of this type of miss happening again. I talk more about how to hold people accountable in my course on delegation, which you can find at themodernmanager.com slash courses. And for help with documenting processes and expectations, check out Sweet Process. I talked with our co-founder, Owen Magab Anauho, on episode 136, and he is offering an extended free trial and discounted price to listeners of this show. So you can go to sweetprocess.com slash modernmanager for that. The mini guide for today's episode includes an overview of the four different types of accountability and is available at themodernmanager.com slash mini guides. 
To get the full guide for today's episode, which also includes an overview of the accountability conversation process that I use, join the Modern Manager community by visiting themodernmanager.com slash join. If you just want this episode's guide, you can purchase it in any other episode guide at themodernmanager.com slash shop. All the links are in the show notes and they're in your inbox along with that free mini guide if you subscribe to my newsletter, which is at themodernmanager.com. Thanks again for listening. Until next time. Meetings are one of the most critical components of healthy collaboration and teams are at the heart of how we work. Meteor helps you use your time in meetings productively, build healthy relationships with your colleagues and move work forward. To learn how we do it, visit Meteor.com. That's M-E-E-T-E-O-R.com. You've been listening to The Modern Manager. You're already becoming a rock star boss of a thriving team. I can tell. To ensure you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player and join the mailing list at mamieks.com slash podcast. That's M-A-M-I-E-K-S dot com slash podcast to get show notes and other special content delivered directly to your inbox. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.